Karma Productions Worldwide, in association with NMD Plus Productions in London and the William Mills Agency, presents Bankadelic from Money 2020, a series of special podcast episodes that feature interviews with some of the people who are making the financial services world and fintech rock. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, and join us for the conversations that took place at one of the premier financial services conventions in all the world. Hello, hello, hello. Live from Money 2020 in Las Vegas from the William Mills Agency podcast booth. We want to thank William Mills for being the sponsor of Bankadelic and for being here with us. We are interviewing throughout the conference to get some of the best people here to talk about the things they are doing to make a difference in financial services. And I can't tell you how excited I am to have a dream team from ASA Technologies here. I'm going to introduce both of our special guests to you, starting with a person who appeared on the Bankadelic Bank to School podcast and was part of the fun I should say insane fun, but Landon, you lent some credibility and um, you know a real layer of class to the otherwise uh, insane proceedings on our <laughs> podcast. Landon Glenn, the CEO of ASA Technologies, and with Landon we have Lisa Goldshire, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at ASA. I'm going to have you both introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your background, and before we go too, Lisa. I know you have some interesting background with the American Banking Association, which would be great to share, and how you came over to ASA. Yeah, hi, Lou. Really nice to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, I spent 20 years with the American Bankers Association. Prior to that, I was with U.S. Bank. Uh, my role at ABA was really a, a really exciting role for me. I got to work with banks and technology providers. And as part of that work, I was realizing that there was, with the intersection of, of banking and technology, a real struggle for banks to implement new technology, especially FinTech. I really started digging into that and working on both sides with the banks and the technology providers and realized as far as strategy goes, both sides needed some help as far as what they were doing in that. So did a lot of work with the banks and the and, uh, fintechs as far as uh, fintechs needing to understand banks and how banks work and banks needing to understand fintechs and how they work. There is no end to the need there. And um, just very briefly before we introduce Landon, how did you find the segue from what you were doing at ABA to what you are doing at ASA. It sounds like it's been a really special opportunity to join a great team. It has been an incredible opportunity to join a great team. What I was looking at, Lou, was there were a lot of problems that needed to be solved in order for those partnerships to happen to really meet the end customer's needs. I met Landon at a Finnovate conference and went up to him after his, his session and just said, you are solving a lot of the problems that the banking industry is facing. And I've been looking for technology that does exactly what you do and I have not been able to find it. So Landon and I started talking, we were trying to figure out if there were ways to work together. Uh, he, I got to meet the team, he put together an incredible team of people moving incredibly fast as far as the technology that they're developing and uh, I ended up joining the team in April and right. it was a way for me to continue the work that I was doing and bring a solution to the industry. There you go and speaking of the man, the man, the CEO, someone who I was so lucky to have you on that podcast. I felt like we really hit it off. 
And so having you here is a delight and you are here a man on a mission. So tell us a bit about what you're doing at ASA Technologies, both as an individual, how you formed the company, why you formed the company, and really speak to where you have been and what you feel your place is right now in the larger financial services sphere. Yeah, thanks so much, Lou and Lisa, great intro. <laughs> We're so glad to have you, and I couldn't think of a better addition to help solve the issues, the regulatory compliance risks around bank tech partnerships. And what ACE is doing is working to build a new level of scale and a new level of opportunity and financial empowerment. Because when you look at the current infrastructure and what customers go through to use technology, there are some significant challenges. And they might want to use some sort of technology to manage their money or budget or invest. And those tools, typically you have to switch to a different bank or you have to get a credit card or a loan with this other startup. And so what ACE is bringing about for the first time ever is you could get let's say a, a Divi experience without having to switch to a Divi card. You could have a Divi-like experience and keep it at your local bank or credit union and use their card. So um, how we got to that, it was, uh, you know, I graduated in finance. I've worked in financial uh, sphere since before FinTech was even FinTech. We were mailing out checks to help people get out of debt with the Dave Ramsey snowball. Yeah. <laughs> you may remember. And yeah, the debt-free scream. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> I love it. And we were helping people to get ahead there. And then I transitioned from that into a fintech called Bonsai, financial literacy software. And we got that in 50% of schools in America with a choose-your-own-adventure game that kids could play. We called it the Oregon Trail of Finance. And it was an incredible experience because... We built a model where we could give the product to the schools for free and help kids and make a difference and help teachers and students. And then once someone signed up, let's say it's, uh, you know, Olympus High School, then we would call the institution across the street and say, hey, we've got some people using this software at the school across the street. Would you like to get involved with that school? And I was just blown away by how well community banks and credit unions took the charge and led the way to help the community and to give back and to reinvest and help the kids and go volunteer their time, their money, and their resources to enable this level of, of experience. And so that's what got me really in love with building tech for banks and credit unions that can help them get in front of their audience and help them make an impact and help them do the things they already want to do. That is fabulous, and I remember during the Bank to School podcast being so blown away by that because I've maintained, and I tell my kids this, you learn so much in school, and a lot of it, it's the oldest cliche in the book, is gonna disappear the moment the final exam is over, but we rarely think about that flip side. What are the things that we need to be learning that are gonna be staying with us for the rest of our lives? And financial lessons are just so important. So A, hats off to you. I'm still a fan of you and that aspect of your career. And B, it seems like a segue into collaborative banking, which when I heard about it from you on Bank to School was the first time I heard of the term. I find it fascinating. Explain for the audience what that is and how ASA is leveraging the concept of collaborative banking to do what you do. 
Well, collaborative banking is really a new category. It's not quite open banking. It's not quite banking as a service. It's not quite aggregation. It's not. It's nothing that is being done in the industry today. And there's issues with each of those different models because with, for example, aggregation, the fintechs and the banks are competing head-to-head -head for the customer. They both are selling accounts and loans and products and they, they have to compete for that. If you look at banking as a service, the fintechs are having to raise money and take on the regulatory risk of becoming a bank by selling regulated products and services. So even though they're not technically a bank, that liability extends to them from the bank. And so they have to have a compliance team, they have to have significant amounts of money to put that together. And so we said, what if we could do a world where the fintechs could do what they're excellent at? Because we already know the banks, they're safe, they're trusted. They're amazing at compliance. They do it better than anyone else. They have teams, they understand the laws, they understand the regulations. You're safe, the banks keep you safe. But what they don't have is the newest best tech. And so when you start thinking about these other models, when you ask a tech company to take on that regulatory and compliance burden that's on the bank that's keeping them from innovating, mm -hmm. that's not very innovative. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just slowing the industry down, right? Because you're, you're going to have fewer options. It's going to take longer to go to market. There's going to be less accessibility. It's going to have higher upfront go-to-market costs. So many barriers. And so the model, so when I, when I set out to start ASA and figure out the name and, and all of the vision that we had behind what we're doing here, I started reading the banking regulations, and I said, why is it so hard for banks to partner with these tech companies? What are the issues? And it's pretty clear that as soon as you start giving or sharing private data, account numbers, usernames, passwords, uh, names, emails, personally identifiable information, then that liability carries across to the provider. And they, in a sense, become almost an extension of the bank. You have to audit them. You have to stay on top of it. You're liable if they make mistakes. So we looked at these converging markets or uh, industries of the concept of self-sovereign identity and trying to build a model where you could own and control your identity, but that's, it didn't have the scale at the time to be able to do what we needed it to do on the ledger. So we built and patented a new type of model where the user is able to own and control their data, they're able to permission it out, and ASA essentially provides a tool that end users can use to turn on fintechs without sharing their name, their email, or any account number information or banking information. That is incredible. It is so new that to my mind, you're mentioning this, I'm still wrapping my head around it and what it means. Now, Lisa, from your point of view, as the chief strategy officer, you know, how, are, how do you get this word out and how do you mobilize this vision that Landon is describing here? Well, it helps having a visionary leader uh, to lead us on that. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> 
really, it's through conversations uh, that we're doing and going to great events like this and meeting with uh, both banks, credit unions, and fintechs, uh, getting the word out through through different channels, and really sitting down and taking time with people because it is a different way of thinking. And when we take the time to explain it and show what we're doing to our banks and credit unions, that's when the light goes off of, okay, wait, I can think about this differently and really look at that as a collaborative model. It is so difficult for banks and credit unions to do fintech partnerships. And when I talk to them, they might say they're doing one or two a year, but they're taking a gamble on, from a customer point of view, what how many customers are actually going to want to use those one to two. And what we're bringing to market is the ability for the bank and the credit union to be the financial hub, which is what we want. We want business to stay with them and now offer their end users, their account user, their account holders, the fintech that they want and need. Mm -hmm. And so when we explain it that way and work with our banks and credit unions to understand, you're the financial hub, you're bringing this to your account holders, you're going to be able to give them this marketplace of technology that they want to use and they're getting it through you, that's when it resonates. So that's how we're, that's what we're talking about, Lou, and generating excitement along that channel. That's fabulous. And along with the excitement, of course, goes momentum, right? Because even though I think you gave a very modest, let's say from a company point of view, of what some of the difficulties have been, there's no doubt that this is gaining momentum, that collaborative banking is gaining momentum. Help me to understand the audience, to understand what you're seeing as far as that goes. Well, the more people we talk to, it's it's a bit of an educational experience because you know, people aren't familiar with the phrase collaborative banking, so we spend a lot of time getting people to understand that. But we're seeing industry leaders, um, some of the larger institutions, some of the larger groups, associations, leagues, etc. And many of them are starting to say, we think this is the future of banking. And essentially what it is, it's a, it's a more friendly, it's a, it's a bank-friendly version of open banking. But not only is it more bank-friendly, it's better for the individual. And that's what really matters here because if you're an end user and you want to try out a new experience or a new app, do you really want to have to run your credit, open a credit card, move your bank, switch everything over? And then once you do that, some of these startups don't have a good service team. They don't answer the phone. They're busy. They're tech companies. They're innovating. They want you to do everything on the app. And so hands down, the local institution is going to answer the phone. They have in-person branches. They have the best service in the industry. They're going to be able to take better care of you. And so what ACE is doing is we're leveraging the strengths of the financial institutions and the communities and their networks and ATM network and everything they have. And then we're allowing them to partner and collaborate with these fintechs. And so everyone's having to do a little bit of a, con it's, there's some concessions on both sides. <laughs> so a lot of these fintechs, they're giving up some of the things that might be revenue generating or opportunities, but by giving those up, they're eliminating a significant amount of risk, compliance, liability, oversight, go to market and we can, we can innovate significantly faster with this model. Yeah, amazing, because we think of friction as something that is very much a customer side thing. We talk about the seamless experience, but it's just as important for financial institutions, and maybe there is a back-end logic or a long-term logic that, okay, you might be giving something up, but with all of these efficiencies you're gaining, you're going to see it made back, and then some just hang in there. 
You're absolutely right. And in speaking with uh, some of the banks that are here today, what they're really talking about is the shift from really you know, project management to product management and really developing out their teams to be able to adjust more quickly. We're all used to using apps and those apps automatically update for us. Yes. So instead of getting an, uh, uh, a product through the core and then no updates or anything from that for, for a number of years and just using that um, and then having to start from scratch and build up again. They're saying we need to be able to adjust more quickly and we need to have our teams be able to adjust more quickly too so that we're being iterative, uh, iterative excuse me, as we go along the, the product development process. And so there's a shift in thinking um, within the banking industry as far as the teams that they're putting in place and or have in place, but teaching them how to do that and adjust to customer needs. So we're exactly. seeing a lot of that here. Lyndon, you know something about teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and that is often the struggle, isn't it? Because yeah. you are both learners and you are both teachers, and yet sometimes we run into that attitude, and I'm really interested in this, that people want to take on these new ways of doing things, but they may come to you, and I imagine you've heard this before, Landon, Lisa, I get it, this is the future, but I have no idea where to begin and where to dip my toe in. What do you tell them? Well, the, the model that we're building is a little different from, you know, if you're trying to tackle a strategy plan as a bank or credit union, I mean, historically, you'd get a, maybe a consulting firm and you'd put together a five-year plan and you'd have a lot of money that goes into that and thought. And, you know, maybe a few years ago, you'd come away with potentially three or four fintech partnerships as part of your five-year strategy plan. And so the, what we're doing is flipping everything on its head in such an incredible way. The disruption, the way, it, you have to rethink the way you look at bank tech partnerships. And I think as our partners see that, they see that there's so much more opportunity here. And, and maybe a good way to, for our listeners to you know, wrap their minds around it would be if you think of banking today, it's kind of a BlackBerry type of experience. Because if you think of the old Blackberries, they had a closed environment and you had to use the apps that were on BlackBerry. And you had internet and email and it was pretty great. But then Steve Jobs said, we're going to put an app store in here and we're going to let anyone build anything and it's all part of the ecosystem. All these apps work together with Apple. They all benefit. Everyone's working. It's a collaborative effort. It's creating opportunity on a platform for everyone to succeed and for everyone to reach end users. Within 12 months, they had 75,000 apps and a billion downloads. That's the type of scale, the vision that we have for the financial industry. We want opportunity for all. We want new apps to be able to be created every day. We want innovators to be able to bring tech to banks customers in a safe, compliant way. And these opportunities could be very hyper-focused, affinity-based technology solutions for demographics and segments and groups and um, people that might be overlooked because banks can only have one app right now. And if they're trying to add features, they try and add features that are going to benefit 70% of more of all of their customers. So who's going to look after the 1% or the 2%? ASA is building a model where their needs are going to be met and it's going to be done through their bank in partnership with their bank without competition. And so that's, that's some of the hardest conversations we have is helping these banks understand that we're not 
competing with your closed controlled app that you own and, and you work with. We're expanding that app into everything. We're making it so that your credit union, your bank is powering everything in your customers' lives. So when they leave to go get an experience from Credit Karma or Mint.com or whoever, they're not going to be selling your account holders competing products and services. They're going to be bringing them back to you. Everything is, is powered by you and through you. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. It's really great. And of course, you shared some of that with me during the Bank to School podcast. I just think it's so fabulous. As we get ready to head into the sunset here and we all go out on the floor, speaking of education, I'm just wondering what kinds of things you're absorbing from the conference so far and what you might hope to hear conversations about. Um, it is very fintech-centric conference, which is fantastic on the one hand. On the other hand, there are economic realities prevailing that within that much larger ecosystem, there's got to be some talk about that, um, but really more where you're coming from, what you're hearing, what's exciting you, what you think are the hot topics right now. Yeah, we're obviously you kind of touched on it. I think where you were going with this a little bit on the regulatory compliance side of things and yeah. what, what's happening in that space. So there's some focus uh, here on that, which I think is good. There are discussions that need to happen and uh, some rechecking in the marketplace or rebalancing as far as that goes. Uh, from a really futuristic and where things are heading point of view, a, a lot of, of talk around, which we're happy to see uh, the banks and, and technology providers working together. Now we've been talking about bank tech partnerships before, but looking at those in a different way as far as enabling more of those and really focusing that. I, I have heard collaborative banking used here, which we really like to hear. That, that is from, great. Which wow. is fantastic. Um, embedded fintech. Um, there's embedded finance. We really like embedded fintech, which is, again, having the bank and the credit union be at the center of that and being the ecosystem that brings that out to their account holders. And uh, renewed focus, I think there's always been a focus. Uh, we talk about customer service, but this is really on the customer experience and through those digital channels in a way where I think more of the more of the banks and credit unions are really looking at that as as not just a kind of what are we doing through the online banking channel but how are we really looking at all the other experiences that our customers are getting I know everybody likes to talk about the Amazon like experience or uber but really how do we bring that into what we're able to provide to our customers so I'm really happy to see that level of focus and understanding within the market for where they're heading I think that plays right into what we're doing as far as being able to bring a marketplace of technology through, again, the financial institutions out to their account holders so that account holders are getting that technology anyway. We, we mm -hmm. all have apps, we're all using them. But let's bring that back into this ecosystem and do it in a safe, secure way. Yeah, that's a really nice way of putting how ACES purpose meets what the larger conversation is. So really wonderful. Landon, what are you seeing? What are you experiencing? Well, there was a really interesting um, session on uh, fintech fraud and preventing fintech fraud. And it makes me think of, you know, just there's been a lot of articles recently. Um, we did just return from Finnovate. We've been um, at a lot of different conferences recently, but we met with the CFPB up there and talked to them about what we're doing as well. And there is a big conversation going around about... Um, you know, fintechs and the fact that sometimes they're not regulated and sometimes with these different 
models, it gets a little tricky of how to regulate them or who, you know, when, when do you notice them or how do you even see it when, um, you know, with some of the banking as a service models, it's leading to, I think the OCC had some issues with some of those uh, in the last 30 days. And then, you know, the CFPB um, has been putting out some things against some fintechs and, and neobanks. And there's a lot of risk out there. And what it comes from is sometimes you go to these uh, startups and you're trying to get venture backed opportunities and create tech and um, they are, they don't have as good of compliance teams as a traditional bank and so how do you how do you allow them to act like banks and sell banking products when they don't have that level of compliance so they're struggling with figuring out a way to do that and of course we've <laughs> we feel like we have a, a solution for that <laughs> so we're happy to spread the word that's fantastic and we are happy to spread the word you're doing great work it's making a difference, it's gonna make a difference, and just also appreciate the fact that you took time from busy schedules to stop by the Bankadelic Podcast booth at Money 2020. Thank you, Lisa, thank you, Landon. Thank, thank you, you, Lou. <laughs> Lynn, <Jinx>. yeah. <laughs> and now I get to put announcer We've voice on. <laughs> Landon Glenn is the CEO and Lisa Goldshire, the Chief Strategy Officer of ASA Technologies. You can find them roaming the floor at Money 2020 and look for them on LinkedIn. Thanks again for tuning in to Bankadelic, live from Money 2020 in Las Vegas. We hope you are enjoying this series of special episodes and encourage you to go over to SoundCloud to check out the entire Bankadelic archive. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. On-site production in Las Vegas provided by yours truly and Scott Mills. Special thanks also to Banker Hire and Lemonade LXP as well as our good friends Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery of Dave and Darm Demystify. I'm Lou Carlozo, and as my good friend and associate Johnny Dubig would say, what happens at Money 2020 in Vegas stays at Money 2020 in Vegas. Capiche? Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD+, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.